Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Brewed or Screwed, a Commander deck building podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Cody, alongside my very good friend, Laz. Hey, how's it going? What's up, buddy? How you been? I've been good. I've been good. Busy, but good. Yeah, I feel that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a little bit of scheduling issues uh, past couple weeks, just because life has been hectic. Um, you've been having a lot of stuff going on at work, and then just... You have two kids and family and things like that. Uh, family's uh, always just creeping up, trying to suck time up. away from you. You know, it's just it's just <laughs> ridiculous. Um, I've been helping prepare my parents' house for my grandma to move down, which she did this weekend. I helped my dad unload the U-Haul trailer on Sunday, um, hmm. and I was like, "Okay, cool, this is it. Like, we're kind of we're done with all this." And uh, it's just like, "Nope, we got to start making this house disabled friendly because my grandma was using a walker." And she will probably need to walk her rest of her life at this point. Mm. And the house is just not built for that. No, so not I, many uh, are. Yeah. So a lot of projects in the future that I'll be helping my dad with. So I can, like, I like you know, like, you want your dad to enjoy his retirement when mm-hmm. he's worked his ass off for, like, so many years um, to, like, provide for you. So it's like, you know what, I'll, I'll help. I'll sacrifice the next 20 weekends of my life. Oh, geez. <laughs> um, <No>. It's worth <laughs> it. But, yeah. <laughs> Um, that's good though i'm yeah. sure you'll have lots of lots of family fun with that yeah yeah sure <laughs> uh, nothing's more uh, fun than working with your parents trying to fix stuff around the house <laughs> yeah it's huge. My, my favorite thing is like uh my sister would like do stuff and like we, i'd be like well who told you to do that and she was like well i just decided and i go oh no 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 like You've got to clear that with dad first. Like, I am not touching shit unless he tells me to. Um, I remember so. my parents buying their house and we had to, like, same thing. It was, we had to gut, like, the kitchen. We had to mm-hmm. redo new subflooring and all this stuff. And it was just, man, it was just a headache. It was just yeah. sitting there getting yelled at for doing the wrong thing, getting the <laughs> wrong thing. It's like, all right, I'm sorry. You're not holding the flashlight right. What are you doing? Pretty much, man. So probably back to my childhood days. Yeah. Um, but well, besides we're that, some magic. Magic. I'm not ready to talk about magic yet. We're changing the oh. podcast. Oh, oh, that's right. I forgot you. You had a nice weekend adventure a, with our friend very Mike nice. and Justin. A very nice weekend. I have two things to report. One is uh, Gauntlet Dark Legacy for the GameCube does not hold up. I can say that we. <laughs> Could I tell you what that game is? And like, I love video games, so it's the uh, you know like the old school arcade cabinet of Gauntlet. So it's oh, four okay, characters. Okay. There's the sorceress, the uh, barbarian, the Valkyrie, and someone else. The mage. Um, graphics terrible. Does not hold yep. up. And it's just crazy how going back and playing games from your childhood that you get to the point where it's like you know what. This game is unplayable. It gets to a point where <laughs> games just become unplayable. Goldeneye. Everyone has spent so much time in Goldeneye. Go back and play it. Unplayable. You can't. It's just. Oh, I don't it's know. It's unplayable. Like I think it's playable. It's not, is it as good as like playing like uh, Destiny? Is no, it as good like... as playing any game from the last 10 years? It's rough, bro. That's fair. Or like original Smash Brothers, we were playing that too. Ooh, that's you don't realize how hard original, like not hard to do stuff, just hard to get through a match because 
it's yeah. not as much fun. So that's the first thing I have to report. Second thing, mm-hmm. Disney's Lorcana. It's a lot of fun. I finally got to play that this weekend. So did you, you just play with the starter decks or you just said just Mike had after that gone and started building a deck? Yeah, so our, our friend Justin... Um, I tried to show him how to play magic on a couple of occasions and he's, uh, he's simple. He just can't get it. You know how that goes. So (laughs) (laughs) it's good thing he doesn't listen to this podcast. I know. But, uh, he, you know, when Lorcana was announced and he was like, I really want to play that. Like, all right, you sure? Cause he didn't really get magic. He's like, no, no, I, I love Disney. I got my kids love Disney. He goes to Disney world like once or twice every single year. It's ridiculous. So I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to be all in on Lorcana. Like, all right. So he uh, he had pre-ordered all three starter decks. And the starter decks each come with a booster pack, which I didn't realize, too, which is kind of nice. So yeah, um, it was me and two of my friends. So there was three starter decks. So we just opened them up and kind of taught ourselves how to play on, on the fly there. And, and by the end of the weekend, we were we were playing a decent amount and uh opening up the booster packs going through swapping out cards and our one friend mike went to the shop down the block that sells singles and he's bought 80 dollars worth of singles to buy a deck for him oh built a deck my for himself god okay so it's fun simple it's simple but mm-hmm. i'm very curious to see how that progresses as uh as they release more cards because it kind of gets to the point now where every single game of ours ended with I'm going to win on my upkeep unless you guys can do anything. And there's not as much interaction in that game yet. So pretty much is like, all right, can you do anything? No. Can you do anything? No. All right. So I'll just win. Let's shuffle up and play another one. Because there's like no life totals or anything. It's just. Yeah. It's all that lore counter. Lore. Yeah. First person at 20 lores wins the game. That's it. Yeah. I so I I also was kind of interested when it was first coming out, and like I was watching people play it, and so my brother actually we were talking about this before. My brother got me the starter decks and like a big mega pack, and I haven't touched them yet. Um, it does look interesting. It looks a lot simpler than Magic, like a lot more like it's just a refined card game kind of. Very streamlined. Like games are yeah fifteen minutes tops. Yeah. You know, it's it's which is kind of nice. You know, because sometimes you don't want to sit there for ninety minutes. You know, two hours sitting there playing yeah. a game. You know, when you're when you have Gauntlet Legacy to play and oh, yeah. all these old terrible games, so <laughs> it's kind of nice to be able. All right, let's get two games in and then you know go back to watching football or whatever we were doing. So, um, yeah, it's a lot less salty too because there's not really that much player interaction. You know, there's mm. no cards that you're playing on the opponent's turn, so. You know, it's not like, all right, I play this, counter spell. Or I play this, all right, I'm going to swords it as it enters the battlefield. It's yeah. none of that. So I was pleasantly surprised. I was kind of expecting a, uh, like a very boring, cartoony, you know, Disney game. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I don't think yeah. I'm building a deck anytime soon, but um, I, yeah. I'll keep an eye on it. I'll start looking up previews and see what's coming out. I've seen a few people try to do like a commander format for that game, and it does look kind of interesting. Um, I think it, they change how much lore you have to go for and stuff like that. They must because um, twenty lore is way too quick, way too easy yeah. sometimes too. Especially if you're playing with multiple people, because there's cards like each opponent loses one lore, and you gain a lore for each 
you know, lore lost this way. So, ah, you know, the great merchant of Asphodel of Lurkana. Yeah, pretty much. So, you uh, you can kind of get it fairly quickly, and it's kind of hard to lose it. So, it's uh, I'm very curious to see what they release in the future because I I could see that being a lot of fun. I I think they've currently I've seen a couple of previews for their next set because um, I think their next set comes out in December. November, um, yeah. Was it November? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen a lot of like people are really hyped for it because it's adding different like it seems like they're changing the meta with every release, which is cool. So yeah, and it's it's kind of nice to be like the beginning of a card game like that. I like that about Hearthstone at the start because but Hearthstone got way too fucking crazy, way too quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of cool to you know I have stuff from the beginning, and so if I ever did want to play or like if I want, if I had a friend like if you guys if they end up having a version of Spell Table which is bound to happen at some point um we could sit down and play it and just be like we don't have time for a full or like a two and a half hour commander game let's let's just play some more connor real quick i think there's a a website that like uh just the entire digital digital library yeah Yeah. and you just play it seems like that's how they get a lot of the meta stats right now because there's not Mm -hmm. enough cards to go around for people to be playing all that much so a lot of people play online and that's how they're developing the meta so I'm more concerned about the previews. This is the last thing I'll bring up. I started looking up the previews for the next set, and it seems like they, they're just going wild with their source material here. It was like, what was it? Uh, Sleeping Beauty, Aurora. She was like in a full plate suit of armor and hey, you know, Gaston as a, as a mad scientist. Like, okay, you can't just... <laughs> make stuff up like all right ariel's you know a track star like what <laughs> i don't understand Jeez, how does that work i don't know <laughs> it doesn't matter according to them either so um I, i'm very <laughs> i'm i don't know i'm a little concerned about that you know you need you need source material you can't just make stuff up that's what i, I think my, my one thing is like i i kind of like like my favorite disney movie is hercules and so, like, when the game was first coming out, I was looking at the Hercules cards, and I was like, oh, I really can't just make a Hercules deck. Like, I have to, like, you got to yeah. mix and match, and, like, you got to pick your colors right and things like that. And because it is similar, they have, like, six or seven colors, I think. Maybe six? I Maybe think six. Because I think all the starter decks have two and two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to pick like you have to pick two of them. And that's where you that's how you can build your decks based off of. There's no lands or anything. Um, it's interesting. I don't know. We'll definitely talk about it more if people have interest in it. Um, yeah, if well, we play it as more stuff comes out about it, I'm sure we'll mention it. Yeah, but I did see the day they're doing like a ten thousand dollar like not uh, Disney itself, but like these people who run tournaments are doing like a ten thousand dollar one at Disney World next year. Okay, a tournament. So that's kind of cool. But that's not why the people are here, Cody. They're not. People are here to see if you can fix a bad deck. Whoa. <laughs> oh no. Okay, we're talking about the email. I was like, I was like, dude, my deck no, is not, not that bad. Jeez. No, uh, no yes. not that. No, you're trying to make. You're trying to do dungeons again. We've done this before. We've oh, already. Okay, yes. We've already tried to do a dungeon deck. And, but, but before we get to that, what? Before we get to the brew of the month, we did get an email oh. about a certain deck that actually is fucking bad. So if you want to come <laughs> at me, I'm coming at you. Um, 
get an email from a gentleman named Joseph Santos. Uh, Joseph, thank you so much for reaching out to us. If you would like to reach out to us, you can send us an email at it or screw it at gmail.com. Um, this email is titled Sneaky Ideas on How to Fix Jared. Um, and let me tell you, it is every fog known to man. I thought this was Nick's burner account for three <laughs> seconds. Um, but some good ideas in here, I feel. Um, there was one I want to talk to you about. It was comeuppance. This is a three generic for a white. It says prevent all damage that we dealt to you and planeswalkers you control this turn by sources you don't control. If damage from a creature source is prevented this way, comeuppance deals that much damage to that creature. If damage from a non-creature source is prevented with this way, comeuppance deals that much damage to the source's controller. So it's a fog, but it then just deals damage to creatures and the player who attacked you. Yeah. Kind of like a little bit of, hey, back off. A little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of fogs and white and green, apparently. Uh, that could, I think, be very helpful. Yeah, I'm going to... Uh, we'll, we'll take those changes and we'll put them on the... Uh, on Moxfield, we'll we'll update update the deck, and I'll, I'll definitely give it another try. Because, like I said, every time I, I decide to dust off Jared, it uh, doesn't go well for me. So, <laughs> I hey, we appreciate appreciate the email, we appreciate the suggestions, and we're gonna try it out. You know why not? So, if anyone else has any yeah. suggestions or ads or simple cards that we may have missed or Man, who knows? Maybe even just an interaction that doesn't work the way that we th- <laughs> thought it worked yeah. when we talk, you know, spoke about it on the episode. By all means, send an email because we will we'll read it and then we'll bring it up on the air and blast you for it. Now we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll discuss it. And hey, you know, we're uh, I know we do the podcast, but we're both fairly new to magic. You know, I, I might have like another year or two on it than you do, maybe two years, but. Yeah, it's not like we've been playing for 20-something years. So, hey, there's a lot of cards we just don't know, and there's a lot of interactions that we just might not know. So, by all means, send in any type of suggestion or additions. So, look forward to those. Yeah. Uh, Actually, this month makes one year of me playing Magic. Oh. It was October of last year that I messaged you, and I was like, hey, you play Magic, don't you? So... Cool. Look at that. Hey, happy one year anniversary, Cody. Ah, thank you. And congrats to you as well. <laughs> uh, um, all right. So we have a. Let's a talk about a bad thing. deck. Let's talk about okay. the deck. Whatever, man. Whatever. Um, so, as Lad, allu- as Lad, as Lad, as Laz alluded to, um, back in episode two of Brew to Screw It, we looked at uh, Sephiroth of the Hidden Ways, which was a dungeon reanimator deck in Esper. And at the end of that episode, I said, screw it, because I didn't like how it played. I didn't think there was going to be enough support for it. Um, and then for some godforsaken reason, I was like, you know what would be a funny deck? A dungeon deck that I've already shit on, but better. <laughs> um, and so the brew of the month is this deck I made called Atraxa's Dungeon Crawl, led by the commander Atraxa Grand Unifier. Uh, this is a new card from this year. It is three generic, a green, a white, a blue, a black for a Phyrexian Angel. Has Flying Vigilance, Death Touch, Lifelink. 
And when a Traxa Grand Unifier ETBs, reveal the top 10 cards of your library. For each card type, you may put a card of this type from among the revealed cards into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in any random order. It's a 7-7. Seven, seven. So this is uh, the new Atraxa, not the proliferate one um, that is frequented our pods before. <laughs> um, so like, I'm on Twitter a lot. I run our Twitter. I run our social media stuff. And I, I see these people, other content creators who have like signature decks. And I was like, what's my signature deck? Currently, I think my signature deck is like Minsk and Boo. Um, mm, okay. But I was like, but like Minsk and Boo is like, very mean at times and i was like i want this kind of a dumb fun deck and i also bought the alternate art for attracts a grand unifier and i've never made a deck with it because i just thought the art was cool and so i was thinking about it and like i was like okay like the main way people build attracts a grand unifier is blink because you blink her a bunch you draw 10 cards each time you get to pick what you want from the 10 cards as long as it's one type of each and so it's card advantage and a big 7-7 seven, seven with vigilance death touch lifelink flying in the command zone so, and so expensive I was like, though so very expensive, expensive. it's very expensive it's also in four color and you know how much i already shit talk three color yeah. so why why i went the extra mile i don't know but here i am um and so i was thinking about it and i was like well i don't like i don't I like the idea of making a blink deck, but like I don't want to make that blink deck. And so I looked at uh, Nadar. Let's see, let me get this name right. Nadar. I think it's selfless. Selfless savior. Something. I was gonna say selfless, selfless. paladin. Ah. Nadar selfless paladin. This is two generic and a white for a dragon knight. Has vigilance, and when it ETBs or attacks, it ventures into the dungeon, bringing that dungeon mechanic in. And it says other creatures you control get plus one plus one as long as you've completed a dungeon. Um, so originally I was looking at just a mono white blink deck with Nadar when the whole point was just blinking Nadar, blinking other mono white creatures that have ventured into the dungeon and going through the dungeons. And I was like, well, it's kind of weak. It lacks card draw really badly. Um, and so then I was like, I got this attracts a deck or this attracts a card. It gives me access to four colors and I can just use all the dungeon cards and I was like, you know what? Let me just brew it and see how I feel about it. And I brewed it and I was like, man, this is kind of stupidly fun. Because you're just blinking ETB effects where you venture into dungeons. Um, there's ways to go infinite. And then at any time when my hand's getting low, if I got the mana, I just drop a Traxa and I refill my hand. And like, what's there's like, what's there's nothing bad about that, you know? No, and what I liked about this deck is, uh, it's very much so a deck that can pilot itself without the commander, which is yes something that you need when you mm-hmm. have a seven cost commander with four different colors in it. You you need a deck that can kind of survive on its own. And like you said, once it does come out, it's just it's just extra. It's gravy on top, you know. It's just all right. Hey. Yeah. You can grab, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's eight different card types, so you can uh, potentially draw eight cards. Um, yeah. Probably won't happen that way because I don't think you have any battle cards. 
no, you no. know, in, in the deck, and there's one planeswalker. But you know, there's still a lot of card draw there. And then, and who knows? You blink it, and just do it again. So you can get yeah. more of those cards in your hand. So it doesn't need it, but once it's once she's out there, it's uh, it's gonna make a big difference. So I, I like I like the deck, and I like that it's fairly low cost, like mana wise. It's a uh, a lot of the stuff is two or three mana that's a very low mana curve so it's yeah. going to be a lot easier to get some stuff kind of get the ball rolling while you're ramping up to get your commander out there and hopefully do some crazy things yeah yeah and i think just like in general like i don't know like back when we did Sephiroth, my big thing was like going through dungeons and also trying to reanimate big creatures is cool. Don't get me wrong. And because like reanimator is still a thing I've never really perfected in a deck I want to build. Um, I've had ideas for that. But like Blink, I, like I have the Gandalf deck that has Blink in it. Mm-hmm. And like I think ultimately like I would like to make a full on Blink deck and maybe get away from the Blinking in Gandalf and maybe just have that be a pure Spellslinger deck. Um, but like so here... Like, this is a Blink deck that, like, it's doing a bunch of cool stuff because not only can I Blink to go through dungeons, I can also Blink to draw cards from a Baleful Strix. Blink, uh, there's Abdel, Adrian, Gorian's Ward, which, like, is one of my favorite cards in the deck because you can Blink all your permanents and just get a bunch of little white weenies, and now you have a board of blockers. Um... But yeah, there's just there's, there's just a lot of fun stuff to do. There's Soul Herder, which is uh, one generic, a white, a blue for a spirit, and it says whenever a creature is exiled from battle field, put a plus one plus one counter on it, and it gives you a way to blink something on your end step, and so it's kind of got that mana gorger effect, where which like you love, which I love. I love making stuff big just by doing stuff naturally, and if this deck is all about blinking, it will do that. Um, I, I liked that you, like you were saying, you kind of have access to all those different things just because of the cards, you know, you have the ability to card draw, you have the ability to exile or remove opponent creatures or tap down opponent creatures from your creatures coming in and out. You have this card, which I love white plume adventurer, uh, too generic and a white, when White Plume Adventurer ETBs, you take the initiative. At the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, untap a creature you control. If you've completed a dungeon, untap all creatures you control instead. You're going to go through a dungeon super quick if you get the right two or three cards. So for the rest of the game, as long as you keep this card out there, all your creatures stay untapped You know, for the most part. It's, it's fantastic how many different things you have access to. Recursion, draw card... Uh, drawing cards, stuff like that. So even a little bit of lifelink in here, you know, just just a little bit as an option. It's, uh, you have a lot of different paths to take. So it, it was a very interesting deck. I uh, I was hard-pressed to find another Atraxa Blink dungeon deck while I was doing some research here, which, hey. I, yeah, it's like, it, that was the thing. I was like, I was like what, is it, what can be a signature deck? Not, I've never seen someone play a deck like this before. And like, I feel like when you sit down across from table from this, you're gonna be like, "Oh, another attracts a blink deck," and the next thing you know, you're going I'm through playing, dungeons. I'm going through dungeons, and like, 
I think I told you was like I didn't want because like the whole point of Sephiris was go through the short dungeon. Mm-hmm. It's like no, no, no. I want to go through all the dungeons. I want to get all the cool stuff because like Dungeon of the Mad Mage final thing is like draw three cards, reveal them. You can play one without paying the mana cost. Fantastic. One of my favorite things is to cheat out mana costs. Well, so, and, there you go. And that's the thing with Sephiris. Your goal wasn't really. Hmm. Going goal, through dungeons. Yeah, your goal mostly was to reanimate big creatures. You said, I want to find a way to get big creatures out on the board for free. And yeah. so you're trying to kind of dump things into the graveyard so that you can recur them when you finish the dungeons. And it's kind of one of those things when uh, when the deck's trying to do too many things, it doesn't do any of them well. Yeah. You know, So I, I think it kind of fell a little bit into that where you had to have cards that worry about putting creatures into your graveyard. And then you also had to get ways to go through a dungeon. But then you also had to have other ways to get cards out of your graveyard in case your dungeon, you know, shenanigans yeah, didn't Sephiroth's work. Got, yeah, Sephiroth got hit by something. like, And so, yeah, I, I enjoy that Atraxa is not enabling anything, you know, because there, there are commanders where, like, your whole game plan revolves around them. Atraxa is just there to get me back into the game if I have something bad happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. It was very hard making cuts. Ads were easy. It's always, mm-hmm. I think it's always easier to, to find ads, but the cuts were hard just because every single card you had just perfectly worked well. It all worked towards your goal of yeah. blinking creatures to do these different effects and to ultimately go through these dungeons. So it was kind of hard making cuts just because there there wasn't a lot of fluff in in the deck, which which is good. You know, it's I'd rather that than when you're trying to put a deck together and you're like, man, I need to find three more creatures that have at least a little bit of synergy with this deck, you know? And uh, yeah. that's the thing. Everything in this deck really synergizes well with or without the commander. So, I'm, hey, I'm curious. I'm curious to see how this goes when we play it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I will say I had for uh, Adventure, in, Adventure in Forgotten Realms and Baldur's Gate, I had those two sets in front of me and I would scroll through and I'd pick all the cards that worked. And then I went through Baldur's Gate and did the same thing. I went back and forth and there were a couple cards that I was like, I don't think I could put this in the deck just because it doesn't work the way I want it to. Um, I will say something we talked about in episode two about dungeons was the initiative mm-hmm. because I had read online something about like, you can take it and all that. Yeah. yeah. I was, so I was a little bit right. I, I just, didn't have everything down right. I, this is on me. I should have read it more. Mm-hmm. So when you introduce the initiative, so the initiative is kind of like the monarch, where once it's in play, if you get hit by somebody, they can take it, but they don't steal your dungeon or anything. They just start going through their own dungeon, and so for them it'd be the undercity. But like for me, if I'm in Dungeon of the Mad Mage and I play a card that says you take the initiative, I just get to venture more. But then mm-hmm. the initiative is now in the game. And so now someone else can go through a dungeon if they hit me and take it away. But I don't lose my dungeon in that, in that trade. Yeah, and you um, don't lose your progress into the dungeon or anything yeah. like that. So, and we talked about, we, we like these, we like the monarch mechanic. We like this kind of goofy stuff that can be added to the game to make the game more fun. So that being there is kind of nice. Um, so, yeah. Let's see. 
So yeah, let's, uh, let's go over some of my favorite cards in the deck. Uh, kind of talked about it a little bit, but uh, Abdale Adrian Gorian's Ward, which is a mouthful of a name. Yeah, really. <laughs> is a uh, Forge Generic and a White. Uh, when it ETBs, exile any number of other non-land permits you control until Abdel leaves the battlefield, and you create a 1-1 white creature token for each permit exiled this way. Um, if the board is, like, full of just, like, mana rocks and, like, creatures and stuff, like, you start exiling stuff, your mana rocks on tap, uh, and you get a bunch of soldiers on the field, and, like, it's just really good. Um there's also ways to go infinite with this, which is like one of the win conditions for the deck. Um, if you have like uh, Charming Prince or Felidar Guardian on the field. But also, it's just a nice way to blink a bunch of those when this creature ETBs, venture into the dungeon or take the initiative. Mm -hmm. um, this is a way to do it multiple um, creatures and get a bonus out of it in the tokens. So, um, A card that I really liked was uh, Barrowin of Clan Under. Yeah. Uh, two generic white and a black. When Barrowin Clavender enters the battlefield, venture into the dungeon. Um, whenever he attacks, return up to one creature card, CMC three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield if you've completed a dungeon. Like I said, this is a this is a fairly low, you know, low flying deck here. So you do have a lot of cards that fit that three CMC or less. You know that little ticket there so yeah once you complete that dungeon and you have this guy out there uh every time he attacks you're, you're bringing something back and it's not even back to your hand it's back to the battlefield which is just fantastic I, I think that's i think that's very very helpful yeah it's very it's very strong that was um so when i went from okay well nadar is too slow in mono white what if i do uh orzov with barrow in and then kind of after that when I was like, oh, no, that doesn't really work. That's when I really went to Atraxa as the commander. Um, mm -hmm. Another creature I got a spotlight is going to be Midnight Pathlighter. This is two generic, white and a blue. It says creatures you control cannot be blocked except by legendary creatures. And then whenever one or more creatures you control do combat damage to a player, venture into the dungeon. It's a 2-3. Pretty that's much, a, like it's that's a great card. Yeah, it's a very strong. Um, I mean, how many legendary creatures are your opponents going to have? You know, everyone they might have their commander out, which you're not going to want to throw in front of a blocker if you can help it. And yeah. besides that, you know, it's uh, that could really that could really help you out, um, especially if you're afraid to swing some of these some of these creatures that you need to attack to get these effects. You know, like. Like uh, the one that we were just talking about, the Barrowin. Mm -hmm. You know, he needs to attack to return a creature from your graveyard to your to the battlefield. So, this is this is a great way to make it so only only legendary creatures can block you. Um, that's that opens up a lot of pathways onto a lot of different people's you know battlefields. So, I, I really like that card too. That was the one I was going to bring up next. Yeah, it's yeah, it 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 in playtest it did a lot of work just because. Getting a, like a creature like a veteran dungeoneer or triumphant adventurer, uh, which is that we talked about in, in episode two, where uh, it has death touch as long it has death touch and it has first strike whenever it's your turn, but then whenever it attacks, it ventures into the dungeon, but it's a one one. So not only is like you kind of don't want to block it because it's a first strike death toucher, but also mm -hmm. now it can't be blocked, so it's always going to get through. So like you can kind of attack freely with it. 
Um, so yeah, just like cards like that. And the same with Nadar, because it says whenever it attacks, you venture into the dungeon. So now mm-hmm. Dar, which Nadar's just 3-3. Three, three. So you can kind of chump block it. Block and kill him, yeah. you know? Uh, so, but if only legendaries can block them, then, you know, hopefully you can sneak some of your guys through that normally uh, would have gone blocked by a bunch of little random chump blockers. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, they're a very good card. Very strong. Uh, Liza, do you have any other creatures? Uh, any other? I'm not going to lie, Cody. I don't have any other creatures. I don't even know if I have any other cards. because. <laughs> well, don't you know, worry. I got you. The, yeah, just because your sorceries, instants, artifacts, enchantments are all pretty much standard blink tribal. Blink, yeah. <laughs> you know, blink ramp tribal. Um, um, as far as other creatures, I, I don't know why. What do you got? Uh, so for sorceries, have I have a Fate's Reversal. This is one generic and a black. Return up to one target creature card from your graveyard to your hand and then just venture into the dungeon. Um, helpful for if like a like a certain piece gets thrown into the bin early um, just from like removal or board wipe or something like that kind of gets you back something you really want um, and adventures your commander, you gets, your commander gets removed once or twice and now uh, your 7 cost commander is an 11 cost commander Yes, you, you let him go to the graveyard and just pull him out for 2 Yeah. Um, all my other sorceries is a pretty standard like the big thing is like well, like, playing Atraxa is not the main objective. I would like to play her because the card draw is really good. So I have a lot of mm-hmm. ramp, um, and I have a couple pieces of card draw, um, and I have a board wipe and austere command um, just because I felt like it was the most, like, versatile. And I was also trying to keep the price relatively low. I've been trying to build, like, less pricey decks, um, mainly so my wallet feels a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh well, because so, you yeah. actually build every single deck you talk about on the show, you know, so you can't <laughs> actually can't keep on having. <laughs> I actually have only built one, and it's Raphael. Uh, we talked about it last time for me, and it mm-hmm. did pretty well the other day, so I'm happy with it. Um, as far as instants, uh, bar the gate, another two generic and a blue counter target creature or planeswalker spell, and then venture into the dungeon. Um, I like to. You solo. know what I liked about this deck though is the fact that. You have all four colors, and you didn't kind of, I would say take advantage, but mm-hmm. I'll say it. You didn't negatively take advantage of that, but like, all right, I'm going to have every single piece of removal, every board wipe, every single counter spell I can get with blue. It's kind of very much you built this deck for speed. You know, you mm-hmm. have you have a couple of pieces of removal here, and uh, you know, plus your blink effects, too. You can always blink opponent creatures out if if you really need to, but yeah. it's not, it didn't turn into board wipe tribal and removal tribal. It, it's kind of hard to not do that when you're building these four or five colored decks, just because it's like, all right, well I can have all the counter spells plus path and swords. And then, you know, beast within and generous gift. And yeah. like you start going, you kind of, uh, got too many options and you start throwing them in. Whereas this deck is very much so not where the objective is, Let's start blinking these guys in. Let's rip through these dungeons and let's see, you know, let's have fun with that. So I, I appreciate that. It's a, I think it's going to be a pretty fast deck. I, I really do. I, I, yeah. When I was playtesting it, obviously like playtesting is hard because when you're goldfishing, there's no one, there's no interaction. Um, mm-hmm. But like 
it's also a deck where like I don't really feel like you're the threat if you're just sitting there like oh hey I'm gonna blink this so I can venture and draw a card like you know yeah or I'm a, I'm gonna blink this so I can scry two uh, things like that like it doesn't really draw you a lot of heat. Um, I think now, by the time it does, it might be a little too late. You know yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of nice that like it's very so kind like I said. It's it's a kind of like jokey deck. It's a meme deck. It's it's just meant to have fun and like not mm-hmm. be like like it's a deck you sit down with people who are just like let's not like we're not trying to fucking CDH out of here. Uh, that's that's kind of my goal with it. Yeah, well, and it it kind of shows with that where there's not as much interaction as you could have. And mm. I was like, all right, you know, maybe I put a couple more board wipes in here or something like that. I was like, no, it. You, you know how to play Magic. You know how to build decks. If you wanted more board wipes, you would have put more board wipes. You know, you're not, you're not really trying to wipe the board. You'll, you'll target a couple of pieces here or there if need be. But for the most part, like I said, it was hard making cuts for your deck because every single card in your deck fits the objective of what does this creature do when he enters? Does he also get me into a dungeon? And how can I blink him in and out to get back into a dungeon or to recreate in the you know, benefit for having completed a dungeon already. Yeah. So it is very, very synergistic deck. I feel like more so than usual. Yeah. Um, sometimes with tribal, you can kind of, you kind of make some stretches like, oh, well, they are an elf, I guess. So I can put them <laughs> in, but you know, it doesn't really fit the theme. Everything yeah. here fits the theme. Yeah. Uh, moving on to artifacts. Um, one we talked about in episode two was a movable rod. One Still white. Uh, yeah, it's very good. Uh, you may choose not to untap a movable rod during your untap step. Whenever a movable rod becomes untapped, venture into the dungeon. It's, uh, it has another ability. Three generic and white. Tap it. For as long as a immovable rod remains tapped, another target permanently loses all abilities and can't attack or block. Uh, really good removal for a big target. Um, and, but also, when it untaps, if you choose to untap it, uh, you get the venture, and so that can be useful. Um, like it a lot. One of my, one of my favorite artifacts in here. In yeah. case our buddy Nick's listening, because he gives me shit every single time. Chromatic Lantern. Any deck three <laughs> colors or more, Chromatic Lantern's in there. I'm just, just meta fix better. Like no, that Chromatic was... Lantern. I'll tutor for it if I got it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it helps so much. That was the other thing with this deck was like was trying like I was trying to keep price down and so like like then we talk about it, is like lands are expensive like they add up very quickly especially in a three to four to five colored deck because mm-hmm. like you want to run the triomes and stuff i don't have any of the triomes i do have all the uh try like try lands but that are enter tapped and things like that yeah um i do have all the battle bond lands because those dropped in price pretty bad uh, pretty good whenever um commander masters came out Mm-hmm. I, I was like, those all dropped. Like they went from being like ten dollars to about five dollars a piece. So I was like, okay, I can can do those. I'm running about four to three of every basic that I can. Uh, and I got a couple like, you know, evolving wilds, terramorphic expanse. Because uh, it's like, okay, I can drop those, crack it, go get a, a different whatever color I need. I can mana fix with that. But you might having have both of those. Uh, you know uh but chromatic lantern just kind of makes it so okay hey i have three mana i now my lands can be fixed so i don't got to worry about because there are a couple different like there's 
a lot of creatures in this deck that have multiple pips. And so if I have mm-hmm. missing one, I have a dead card in hand. And so it was kind of like, kind of screwed. My, my favorite is still, uh, it was a while ago now. It might have been like two years ago. And I remember seeing Mana Tithe, like Counterspell in white. You know, it's probably <laughs> never going to come up, but I'm doing it. And I had that in my Kalia deck. It was bad, bad deck. Kalia shouldn't really have that in there. And uh, a friend of mine was playing Ur Dragon, five colors. And it's turn three. He was so happy because I forget he like ramped turn two so that he had three mana on turn three. Turn three, taps out, chromatic lantern. He doesn't have to worry about mana for the rest of the game playing a five color deck. I hit him with the mana tithe. He can't pay the one extra. And he was pissed because he lost that game terribly because we found out that afterwards he has two forests in the deck. Oh. We're like, why do you only have two forests in the deck? He's like, there's not that much green. And I have Chromatic Lantern, neither of which are good excuses for that. Yeah. So he he didn't play anything. I don't think Ur Dragon made it out of the uh, command zone that entire game just because that Chromatic Lantern was, was Mana Tithe. So oh, I should play Mana Tithe more. <laughs> So I always uh, hide one underneath my play mat just in case someone taps case. out. I'm like, wait, you're not even playing white. Don't worry about it. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Moving on to it's enchantments. Bad. There are some really the enchantments. I think some are my favorite. Um, mainly because a lot of them are the uh, the backgrounds from Baldur's Gate. Background uh, tribal. Background tribal. Uh, Candle keep sage. Two generic and a blue for a legendary enchantment. Background commander creatures you own have whenever this creature enters or leaves the battlefield, draw a card. Not only am I already drawing ten, I'm now drawing eleven. Whenever it enters, um, and then if, if it gets flicker, removed, in and out, and if I flicker oh. it, I'm drawing eleven again. Actually, I'm drawing twelve because it's leaving and then yep. entering. Uh, next up, we have Dungeon Delver. This is one in a blue. Commander creatures you own have room abilities of dungeons you own trigger an additional time. Uh, this one might not happen as much, but I did like, you know, it's nice to have. It's very easy to get on the board for two mana. And so if a tracks is out there while I'm blinking stuff, it just makes it so the rooms trigger twice. And then we like, got one more background. Oh, yeah. Next up is Far Traveler. This is two generic and white for commander creatures you own have at the beginning of your end step. Exile up to one target tapped creature you control. Then return it to the battlefield under its opponent's control. Um, very strong for like if you want to have a blocker come up, uh, mm-hmm. you can just blink something at the very end. So, well, so here's my problem with it because I almost cut these to tell you the truth. Oh, really? I didn't, but I almost cut them just because they're all just commander based. Yeah, you have a seven cost commander. That's fair. Like if he dies once, that's a nine cost command. There's a good chance that if it goes back to your command zone, it might not come out. Mm. You know, it might not come out again. So, you know, it's like, well, how much do these really do? But the problem is, is that if you have one, two, or three of these backgrounds out there, when your commander does come out, even if it's just for one turn, it happens to work out that your commander's out and one or two of these are out, that's a turn that you're going to be able to do a lot. You know, that that might be, all right, I got the candle keep sage, so I draw a card whenever it enters or leaves, and you just have two flickers in your hand. You're like, all right, flicker them once. Now you're drawing all those 12, you know, 12 cards. Flicker them again, another 12 cards. 
or you know you just have your commander out there and dungeon delvers out and you have these cards that you're able to flicker the venture to the dungeon now you're going through two room or you're uh getting the the benefits you know twice twice as much of the benefits you're creating two treasure tokens you're drawing two cards you're mm-hmm. scrying two you know so that's the thing i, I want to cut them just because I'm trying to think how often is your commander going to be out you know if you have a really cheap commander then the backgrounds especially three backgrounds is a no-brainer yeah but it was very hard for me to cut these just because all it takes is one turn with your commander out and one of these backgrounds out for you to make a huge impact on the board so i left them in there because they are very good they're very strong it's just i don't know it's going to be risky just because you do have such an expensive commander and you really don't know how much you know time your commander is going to be on the main battlefield as opposed to the command zone so it's a high risk high reward i think that's fair yeah um i i think they just kind of fit the theme and so they fit I like the theme them. perfectly um i was pretty reliably getting a Traxa out mm-hmm. um by like turn seven or eight and so if i had one of these on the board i got the benefit out of them um but i can see what you're saying that like you know if if a mana screwed, like if a chromatic lantern gets manatized, mm-hmm. these are just kind of dead on the on the thing. So I think they would benefit more if I had a commander that was low CMC. Yeah, well, that's so. the thing. If Atraxa comes out once and dies, now it's nine mana in your command zone. And if you have all three of these out, those are just they're dead enchantments because they don't yeah. affect anything else except your commander. Yeah. So. I don't know. If we go through the cuts and ads later, um, and there's you know one that you're kind of on the fence about, I think you might be able to get away with cutting one of the three backgrounds. They're very, they're very good, you know, cards and the flavor, the synergy is right on point. But like I said, if your commander is not out there, it truly is a dead card because it yeah. only benefits for that one card in your deck, and that one card is the only card in your deck that gets more expensive every time you need it. Yeah, that's right. No, those are very, those are very fair points. Um, so yeah, that's definitely something to consider. Um, Guardian Project, just because we're blinking stuff, so every time something ETPs, we're drawing our card very strong, and Great. being able to have access to that ingredient is very nice. Uh, teleportation Circle, um, it's a way to flicker something at the end step. So yeah, uh, as far as lands. Nothing really sexy here. Um, the, I guess the best one is Reliquary Tower. So when we draw mm-hmm. potentially eight cards, we yeah can keep all of them. We don't gotta start discarding because I did I did run I, into that. I, Reliquary Tower is a last minute addition because I was able to get like because I have a couple like artifact creatures or like things like that, and so it's like well mm-hmm. crap, I need to be able to like keep my hand. Uh, so Reliquary Tower and Decanter, Decanter. of Endless Water. Or ways to have a no maximum hand size on the board, um, and they're they're helpful because I yep. always felt like I was discarding stuff, and it's like there is some recursion. I have that sorcery, but I also have Sephiroth in here, but I don't want to have to rely on that. So. No, not at all. And there's Sephiroth, uh, yeah, Sephiroth is just creatures and stuff too. So yeah, so know, maybe enchantment artifact, something like that. You you want to hold on to your hand, and when yeah. you have a commander that comes out and draws you 12 cards, you know, you want to, 
you want to make sure you're able to kind of take advantage of that and not draw 12 and then have to pitch 10 of them. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, it, it's kind of a feels bad. So, um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I thought it was good. Reliquary Tower, absolutely. Um, there's certain lands that you just, you just throw in every deck. You just never know. You just, yeah. you just never know. You really don't. Reliquary Tower, Rogue's Passage is another one. Just who knows when you need a, when you need an Sneaky, unblockable yeah. creature. Yeah, like, it's just, it, it doesn't really cost anything to have it in there. It's just a tap for colorless. You can, you can utilize it, especially in four colors. So that's, that's okay. the deck. I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. I, I like it too. I think it, um, it, it fits what I was trying to do and I think it does it well. Um, but unfortunately we have to now get to cuts and ads. No, no notes. Perfect deck. Perfect. We wrap deck. it up. We wrap it up. Perfect deck. We oh, wrap it dang. up. Okay. Okay. Cool, man. I'm, so hey, reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> oh, what was that? Oh, we actually do have cuts and ads. Oh. All right. All right. I I, I added some. I added some. Nothing too crazy. Um, yeah. You know, some of these I think will kind of really help you out. So okay, okay. Uh, I'll start with the creatures. What do you think? Yeah, sounds good. Let's do it. All right. First one. Uh, Archaeomancer. Two generic blue and a blue. When Archaeomancer enters the battlefield, return target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. It's a four cost for a one-two. I know that's not great, but your instants, your sorceries. So your removals, your flicker effects. Maybe you've, you know, you have the perfect situation where you have all three of your backgrounds out there and you know, your commander is out and you just do not have a flicker. Mm-hmm. You know, you're able to kind of pull something like that. And plus the card itself is an ETB. So you can just flicker that a couple of times and get a couple of instants and sorceries back into your hand. I think that um, will really kind of help out and it fits the theme. Yeah, this is one that when you sent me the list, I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense because this is in my Gandalf deck to recur flickers. Um, and it makes sense here because, you know, our instance that flicker stuff are very important because if we don't have teleportation circle on field on the field or anything like that, ephemerate ha- and the ephemerate, yeah, stuff. we need to have like an ephemerate or all the other flickers that I put in the deck. So yeah, this mm-hmm. is, I think this one makes a lot of sense to go in. So yeah, I agree with it. All right, we got one. Hell yeah! Next one is coiling oracle. It's green and a blue. For a 1-1 Snake Elf Druid, we got everything on there. Yeah. Uh, when Coiling Oracle ETBs, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a land card, put it into the battlefield. Put it on, sorry, put it onto the battlefield. Otherwise, put that card into your hand. Um, I think this is great, too. It's a, it's a cheap card, so even when it comes in, you can get a land or you at least get another card. And... Say you have, you know, the ability to kind of flicker some extra stuff at the end of a turn, flicker it in. Maybe get a couple more lands, you know, get yeah. a couple more lands onto the battlefield. I think this is a nice low-cost card that uh, that I can see play in the deck. Yeah, because, so, like, for the listeners, when I sent Laz the list, I said, hey, I know cuts and ads are going to be a little hard because I took a lot of the adventure into the dungeons and initiative and the flicker card, so, like, what I'm really looking for is like some good ETB stuff, like things that helped out the deck, like flow smoothly. So I saw this one 
because I think this is a just in everyone's like regular flicker attracts a deck. Um, yeah. I definitely think there are some cards that can be cut to add this. I think this is another good one because it is card advantage and it's also getting lands into play for a big, you know, we want that attracts to come out eventually. So helps out. Okay. All right. Um, so this next one, this next one's a weird one. Uh-huh. You may like it, you may not like it. And I'm probably going to say the name wrong because it's the weird name. Is Rasad in Bashir. I probably butchered that name. I think it did pretty good. All right. Two generic and a white for a human monk. Each creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. I think that's fine. You know, it's. It's not really like a huge attacking deck you're playing here, so it's kind of six of one, twelve of the other, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, when Rasad in Bashir attacks, if you have the initiative, double the toughness of each creature you control until end of turn. So I think this is a good way to kind of, if you get this out there, um, you can kind of double the toughness of a lot of your creatures because you'll most likely have the initiative. Most likely, you know, you have. A million cards in here that give you the initiative you're gonna be going through the dungeon non-stop and so you know you're able to get some of these cards that you have instead of hitting with a you know an 04 cloister gargoyle now it's an 08 you know and you're doing eight yeah. damage but you know you just have a lot of things in here two twos two threes two threes three three like i said it doesn't really hurt you as much as it helps you i think with the uh dealing combat damage you know your toughness and plus I don't know. I, I, a little extra damage. So this one, like I said, I was on the fence with it. Um, I felt like that could kind of be a cool little, cool little trick that you pop in there real quick. That you know, you attacks and you, you double everything and have it go in. So uh, that one's on the fence. You don't have to do that one. Yeah, this is one that I was very on the fence about when I was going through all the cards. Um, I think the issue is just that there's a lot of small creatures in this deck. Like there's one or two that i'd be okay with like assigning toughness um the other issue is we play it with a guy who runs a toughness matters deck we have two actually two nick has that that one arcades and then mm-hmm. mike has uh the tree folk guy um like on his name so okay i just would be Yay. afraid of putting this out there and getting kind of getting screwed over because then it's like oh well we are we are doing that so thanks man um, <laughs> well, it's just you at least, though, too. Each creature you control. Oh, okay, good point, good point. So it's not board wide, but you know, like I said, you you know, you have a couple of creatures that are one fours. So mm, instead yeah. of hitting for one, you can swing in for eight. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's kind of kind of uh, on the fence. So think about it. Okay. Next one, Rilsa Rail, Rilsa Real. I don't know some of these names. Kingpin. <laughs> <laughs> three generic blue and black um it's a two five human rogue with death touch when it etbs you take the initiative whenever you attack target attacking creature gains death touch until end of turn if you've completed the dungeon that creature also gains plus five plus O and gains first strike and menace until end of turn so once you've completed the dungeon which should happen pretty quick yeah now you got Plus five, plus O, oh, death touch, first strike, menace. So if you attack someone, you're killing two of their creatures. First strike and death touch is like, to me, 
That's one of the most brutal combos. That is so annoying to try to get through. Yes, it's and then, rough. And then it gives it uh, menace too. You're you're taking care of two creatures. So I uh, I thought this was really cool. It's a little expensive. It's five cost, mm-hmm. and it doesn't you know doesn't give you any ETB effects or anything like that. It's just whenever you attack, target attacking creature. So it's not even this creature attacking too. It's just whenever you attack. So if this is up there on your battlefield, just entering attack phase you're given something 5-0 first strike menace death touch yeah this is uh this i don't know how i missed this one this is very i feel like this is really good for what we're going for with the deck and so it enters and gives you the initiative so that's another way to go through a dungeon and then yeah that's a lot of keywords and plus five plus so to be giving to a creature anytime we attack if we've completed a dungeon mm-hmm. so yeah definitely i think this definitely will go in i like this one a lot okay good that's right. It does give the initiative. So, yeah, it does help with the ETB stuff, too. But yeah. that second part's what I really liked. Um, all right. The next two are kind of expensive. Uh, this Why did I pick these, Nate? Like, yeah, you're really going <laughs> it's for like it. I, it's, I just went through a scryfall there. I'm like, all right, what are the hardest to pronounce <laughs> card names? All right. We have the Sepulchral Primordial. Yeah, look at that. Five generic black and a black for a 5-4 avatar. It has Intimidate, so it can't be blocked except by artifact creatures or and or creatures that share a color with it. And when this guy enters the battlefield, for each opponent, you may put up to one target creature card from that player's graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. People don't like stealing creatures, but you're stealing graveyard creatures, so it doesn't really hurt as much. It's each opponent, and it's not till end of turn. It's just stealing them in general. So, yeah, it's a seven-cost card, but, man, if there's, like, a board wipe, and you put this card out there the next turn and flicker it once or twice, and now you just tip the six... The six best creatures that got wiped out and put them onto the battlefield under your control indefinitely. I think that's a that's a home run. I think that's a good way to try to win a game. So, I thought this was a a very fun card. Yeah, this is really cool. I've never seen this card. Um, it kind of scratches that necromancer itch I like. So, hmm. I'm I'm into this one. I think we definitely add this one. Um, it's a little expensive, but like you said, our curve is already really low. Uh, most of our cards are three costs, so I think having a, a seven cost is fine because our only other one is our commander. So I'm down yeah. for it. Okay. All right. Next one. Tomb of Horrors Adventurer. Five generic and a blue for a 4-4 elf monk. When Tomb of Horrors Adventurer enters the battlefield, you take the initiative. Whenever you cast your second spell each turn, copy it. If you've completed a dungeon... Copy that spell twice instead. You may choose new targets for the copies. That's just a that's just a good old fashioned way to copy some spells. Yeah, that's uh you you flicker something, you know you flicker something, and now you can flicker two things. So you're able to kind of hit multiple things on your board at once. Um, yeah, it's six cost, but it, you know what? Six cost might be worth it when you you know. And you're casting two of these two of these spells out there, kind of really flickering things in and out, and and helping you out. I'm on the fence about this one just because the really? cost, and then also 
I guess the co- I guess copying it twice would be really good. I'm also just thinking about like if you copy a source of plasher twice, that's really strong. Um, I don't know. You cop- copy a guardian project. Oh, it is spells, not just instants, isn't it? Yeah, it's spells. Oh, so man. creatures and stuff too. Yeah, oh. no, it's all your creatures. I might why my brain my my brain my brain went to like Yu-Gi-Oh <laughs> mode where like spells are instants in the sorcery. So I don't know why that. Okay, that's actually pretty strong. Then I didn't think about it like that. Okay, I'm into this. Okay, all right. I think I okay. I'm no longer on the fence. That one's an ad. I don't know why I didn't put that in there sooner. Okay. Um, the last one. It's a strange one. Is Yarrick the desecrated? Too generic. Black, green, blue. Death touch lifelink for a 3-5 elemental horror. Death touch lifelink. If a permanent entering the battlefield causes a trigger the ability of a permanent, you control the trigger. That ability triggers an additional time. You got your panharmonicon on a stick. Yeah. Just uh, throw it out there and have some fun with it. So I, I thought that was a... You're in the right colors. This is a, a card that I've had for a while, and I was like, I should really build one of these. You know, I wanted to build a a Taysa Karlov deck with, uh, what was that, with things leaving the battlefield to get the additional yeah. trigger. And then I saw this, I'm like, oh, it's kind of fun that entering the battlefield to get the additional trigger. So might as well, might as well throw it in there because, you know, you gentlemen that you are, you know, you didn't put the Panharmonicon in the deck. You didn't kind of put some of the, some of those cards are just feel unfair at times once you get everything going. So yeah. this is a, a nice little way to skirt around that. Yeah, I like that. So. I think it's um, it helps out the flow of the deck because it kind of can. We're already trying to double up like going the room stuff with like uh, there's a card. What is it? M O N the no no, no. Hama Pashar Ruin Seeker. Ruin abilities are your dungeons you own trigger an additional time. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting into more rooms quickly with a double ETB effect is really strong. So yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's a good one. The Death Touch Lifelink is also really helpful. Yeah, so. that's always good. All right. Um, so that's a, seven creatures. I added a lot of creatures. I cut a couple of creatures too, though. So that's fair, yeah. I cut five creatures, added seven. Okay. Um, all right. I got two sorceries. First one is Against All Odds. Three generic and a white. Choose one or both. Mm. Exile target artifact or creature you control, then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. Get a nice flicker on there. Or slash end. Return target artifact or creature card with CMC three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. So you get a flicker and you get a little recursion. Yeah. Two for one. That's that's kind of a really nice card. What's oh, this is from the Phyrexia all one set of yeah, I've never yeah. seen this card. This is a. I, I feel like I hadn't seen it before either. I was like, oh, yeah. "That's kind of cool. That's one or both." Like, yeah, why just do both? Yeah, that's a <laughs> uh, that's really good. I like that one. I might uh, yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to cut one of the other. Well, hey, you cut seven creatures. You should cut five I, creatures. Maybe we just. I I cut some stuff. You Don't worry. Yeah, okay. the extra land in there, so it's okay. Um, second sorcery. This one, you don't have to. It's just. It's just generic blink deck stuff mm-hmm. is uh, Approach of the Second Sun. The spell was cast from your hand, and you've cast another spell named Approach of the Second Sun this game. You win the game. Otherwise, put Approach of the Second Sun into its owner's library, seventh from the top, and you gain seven life. 
So pretty much you can play this. Once you play it, it goes right back. Seven cards from the top. Next turn, play your Atraxa. Choose this as your sorcery. Cast it again, win the game. It's it's kind of an easy win in this deck since you're able to draw so many cards from your commander. So you might not want to put it in there. This is supposed to be just kind of be a, a simple, simple fun deck yeah. that you're not, you know, bashing people over the head with it. But man, it might be nice just to kind of have that in your back pocket just in case things are getting a little too close or you know, the people are lying about power levels when you sat down to start playing. <laughs> And be like, all right. Which I've experienced Mister, that one before. So, Mister, my deck is a four, and you're going infinite. Let me just let me just pop the approach of the second sun down real quick, and uh, and let's have at it. So, I think this is a like a very nice alternate yeah. win con. Because um, I think you know a big question you asked me while I was we were talking about it. I guess okay, well, how do you win? And my deck, my answer was always like. Well, you know, I'm going to generate a lot of value by going through dungeons. Advantage. I'm going to be ahead of the board state. But at some point, being ahead doesn't win you the game if someone else also gets ahead. So, and then I was like, oh, I can go infinite. But it's like, I'm not trying to go infinite. Like, I'm just trying to go through dungeons. So, having a way to win, like, I got to have like a, a, a Crick, the Post Malone deck I built. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, I, my goal is just gain life and, like, make a big Post Malone to swing at people. But, like, as a backup, I do have, like, like a combo with, like, uh, Aetherflux Reservoir. Cause it's like, I'm already gaining life. Let me just gain more life. Um, so I think having this would be nice. Um, maybe this is where we cut one of those enchantments for. Oh, I got cuts. Oh, you got cuts. Don't worry, okay. I got okay. cuts. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Right. After that, um, one one last card. It's an instant. Okay. This is the last last of my ads, just because this scratched two itches for me. Mm-hmm. One, it's a cool card. I feel like I hadn't yeah. seen it before or didn't pay attention to it before. I really like what it does. Two, it's got a, it's got my girl on it here. So oh, this man. is Lazelle's Acrobatics. I hear so many people hating on Lazelle, so it's nice to hear someone yeah. being like, that's my girl. No, I killed her like... Oh, uh, still in Act One. You're the she worst. Was, man, she was complaining a lot, and Shadowheart didn't like her. And Shadowheart's, you know. Ah, uh, gotcha. Shadowheart, gotcha. you know. But right. so Lazelle's acrobatics, three generic and a white for an instant. Exile all non-token creatures you control, then roll a d20. I love rolling dice with cards. Yep. I love it. It's. So unnecessary that they added it, and yet it's the best. <laughs> I really would. I can't wait till there's enough cards to just make a rolling deck of just rolling d20s. But, uh, exile all non token creatures you control, then roll a d20. If you get a one through nine, return those cards to the battlefield under their owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. You just flickered your board. That's mm-hmm. good. If you get a 10 to 20, return those cards to the battlefield under their owner's control, then exile them again. And return those cards to the battlefield under the owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. So it gives you two flickers if you get a 10 to 20. Which, which is... It's insane. Yeah. It's 50-50. So worst case scenario, it's a four-cost flicker. Best case scenario, it's a, a board-wide double flicker. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's a, I'm trying to think... Uh, like, you have Semester's End in here, an in instance. That's a four-cost exile any number... 
any target number of creatures. All these other cards that you have are just single target for two, single target for two, single target for one. This is four mana for your entire board. And then it happens a second time if you're able to get a 10 to 20. So you're venturing into the dungeon two more times, yeah. taking the initiative two more per creature. So if you have a huge board state, you know, as long as you don't have tons of counters that you're worried about losing, which there's not really any counters in this deck. I think some of the dungeons might give creatures plus one, plus one. But yeah. Man, if if I have a great creature that does something awesome when it comes in and I have the chance to flicker it twice, I'll, I'll lose a couple of counters. I don't care. So I just thought this was a really cool card. No, that yeah. Double I, flicker is, is great. I like this one a lot. Um, I definitely think the deck needs more mass flickering. There's a lot of targeted, but mm-hmm. like it really comes down to Semester's End and Abdel. Um, so yeah, I definitely think Lizelle's Acrobatics would be very beneficial for sure. Really cool. All also, right. yeah, Rolling Dice. Love it. I'd love D&D. So. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. Cool, man. Hey, thanks for those ads. I appreciate it. No, no problem. We'll figure out the cuts, I guess. Okay. Cuts are easy. Cuts are easy. Cuts are easy. First one. Birds of Paradise. I know it's a green staple. I know it's a green staple. It's a, I it's needed a to make room. That's kind of, yeah. Yeah. I need to make room for cuts. And the thing is, like I said, I had such a hard time going through your deck for cuts because every single thing in the deck did what it needed to do. Like mm-hmm. there was there was not a lot of fluff. So I'm like, all right, you know, Birds of Paradise, yes, it's nice to get a flying blocker. Yes, it's nice to have an additional mana. Yes, it's nice to be able to do something turn one if you, you know, have this. But besides that, there's no flicker effects. There's no dungeon advantage. There's, you know, there's just not really any of that, you know. And you cast a Traxa and you pull 10 cards and the only creature you pull is Birds of Paradise. You're not really enjoying yourself that time. Yeah, <laughs> you know, feels, so feels kind of bad. So, sorry, Birds of Paradise. That's fair. That's fair. I'll allow it. All right. Next one, Goliath Paladin. Four generic and a white. Um, It's a 3-6 giant knight with vigilance. And when he enters the battlefield, you take the initiative. I'm okay with this one. End card. (laughs) Yeah, I'm okay with this one. This was like... When you have such a limited quantity of things, it's like, okay, yeah, kind yeah. of scraping the bottom of the barrel. This was kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel. Um, so, yeah, I'm totally fine with this one. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for the same cost, you get Yarrick, the Desecrated, yeah. and you're doubling your effects. Yeah. I, I think that was uh, an easy one. Uh, next card, Season Dungeoneer. Three generic and a white for a 3-4 human warrior. When Season Engineer ETBs, you take the initiative... Whenever you attack, target attacking cleric, rogue, warrior, or wizard gains protection from creatures until end of turn, and it explores. Um, Yes, it's nice that you take the initiative. It's nice that you give a single creature protection. But the problem is is that you you do have some warriors in this deck. You have a couple of rogues, but it's not enough to warrant having like a party-centric card in here you know for the most part and it's it's not even like your commander is a warrior cleric you know whatever so it's not even like oh well it can protect my my commander it's just kind of it's a good card but uh it doesn't do enough in this deck i think there's a better use of four mana elsewhere 
I think this is one that kind of carried over from Nadar um, being the mono white and because it had the initiative. But yeah, I, this is a fine cut. I think uh, I don't think it really does a lot here and four mana is not really worth that. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, last two creatures I cut are both Yan T Fang Blade and Yan T Malison. Um, let's see. So Fang Blade, two generic and a black for a 2-2 snake rogue with death touch. And when he deals combat damage to a player, venture, venture into the dungeon. Um, eh, it's okay. It's three mana and it has to deal combat damage to a player. So it's not even like when it attacks or when a creature you control attacks. It's this creature has to attack and not be blocked to do combat damage just to enter the dungeon or go to the next room. Uh, I thought I thought there was better better use, and it doesn't even ETB, so it's not like you can get some yeah. flicker synergy with it or anything. It's just kind of sitting there. So uh, Both both Fangblade and the Malison, which Malison is one generic and a blue for Yanti Malison can't be blocked as long as it's stacking alone. When it deals damage, venture into the dungeon. Like I said, when you're going for a theme and there's not a lot of stuff for the theme... Mm -hmm. um you take what you can get and so like i was like okay like these are bad cards but they if i get them out early enough they're getting me into the dungeon so that when i can get the other stuff out but i mean i can definitely agree that they're not the best cards to have in this place and i think definitely some of the stuff you suggested adding uh would fit a lot better so okay totally fine with right, that. Good. uh let's see i have one sorcery i cut Sign in blood. Target player draws two cards, loses two life. Yes, card draw is nice. Um, a lot of those dungeons have drawn cards, scrying cards. A lot of your ETBs are drawing cards. Yeah. So I, think I, I has a lot don't, of card draw, so I think yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I don't think this is as necessary in here, so cut that. Okay. Um, this next one was very, very hard for me to cut. Mm -hmm. And the reason it was hard to cut is because it's a flavor win. It is a flavor win. But that's all it is. This is a dungeon map. Three generic for an artifact. You can tap for a colorless, or you can pay three and tap to venture into the dungeon, activate only as a sorcery. So this is, in my book, this is six mana to go into the dungeon. Yeah. Which you have 30-some-odd creatures that make you go into the dungeon <laughs> yeah. and other cards that make you go into the dungeon. So uh, trust me, it's a flavor win. This really, I wish I could have kept it in, but there was not that much other stuff to cut, you know, maybe going through, I can, you know, now that we've discussed a lot more of this, I might be able to find another cut or two, but even still, I don't really know if a mana rock is worth it just for that dungeon flavor. Yeah, I think sweet, sweet dungeon flavor. Sweet, sweet dungeon. I think you know, chromatic lantern and decanter overshadow this a lot. And having three, three mana rocks is a little much. So <laughs> you're adorable. Three mana rocks. Next mana rock I cut was Felwurst. So. <laughs> okay, I don't agree with this one because why not? We're in four colors. I mean, just mana yeah. fix is so hard. It's only two mana. I think this is like. I think keep this one. What are you gonna cut for it? You know. What do you got? I what? mean, uh, the Rasad in Bashir, probably. 
I guess if you want to, but then you'll have a nice even 30 creatures. I mean, I'm okay with not having 30 creatures if it means I can get my stuff out reliably. Eh. Debatable. Debatable. Hey, that that's your uh that's what your standard deck is. You know, that's your call sign is that you love mana rocks. I think that's what it is. You know, you're looking I for your signature deck, just all mana rocks. All mana rocks. And then it's something to turn them into creatures. That's right. You still use all the mana rocks. You still use the signets. I know you like the uh, the signets and kind of, the I play, I talismans. Play, I play less green these days. Mm-hmm. And so you got to ramp somehow. All right. Next card I took out, which I hated taking out because it is a good card. Right. It just, didn't, it just didn't seem necessary. I know. And it's just good because of the, the wording of it. Yeah. But witness protection. Uh, it's one blue. For an enchantment aura, enchant creature, enchanted creature loses all abilities and is a green and white citizen creature with base power and toughness 1-1, one, one, named legitimate business person. I just thought <laughs> it was funny. Great. I just thought it was I funny. I just love yeah. Oh, trust me, I love that too. I just love that you get... Do they have a token for that? Oh, Does they that must. The they must they have must. it. I should look that up. I yeah. would buy a legitimate business person tokens. This would go in every blue deck I have. Um, yeah. Just like here, you can hold on to this. You're, you're a legitimate business person. Reminds <laughs> me of a, uh, what's that show? Bojack Horseman. Oh, yeah. yeah Ever yeah. watch Bojack Horseman? Yeah. What's like that lady's boyfriend's name who works at the business factory? Uh. <laughs> She's like a kid in a trench coat. <laughs> so, <laughs> it reminds me of a legitimate business person. Uh, and then I cut Terramorphic Express. But besides that, so okay, I think let's talk about this. Why cut a land? It's pretty good. I'm already at 35. Why would you? Do you think going down to 34 would be okay? I think so. I don't know, man. And the conversation. No, um, because <laughs> you do. <laughs> yes, you have 35 lands now. But mm-hmm. then you have Arcane Signet. You have Chromatic Lantern. You have Decanter. You've got Soul Ring. You know, you got you got all these different ways. Of getting mana. On top of that, it's a very I know your commander's expensive, but mm-hmm. your cards in the deck aren't. That's fair, yeah. And the cards the cards in your deck allow you to go through the dungeons as well. And I looked, so I think um are you I'm a little unclear on the dungeon mechanics. Are you allowed to choose the undercity as a dungeon or only if you take the initiative? Only if you take the initiative first. Okay. And so I know the first part uh, of the initiative is go find a basic land or something like that. Right. Um, okay. So yeah. Well, so then even the other three dungeons, two of them have pretty high up on there is uh, making a treasure token. Yes. So I, I feel like going through the dungeons, especially if you're able to go through the dungeons several times in the turn, which is possible to do, yeah. and you're making treasure tokens every run through, I feel like you're kind of able to, to cut one of the lands. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be Terramorphic Expanse. You know, you could cut something else in here if you'd like, or you could keep that 36 lands. But like I said, and you even said before, your mana curves hovers around three. So that's a lot of lands. Yes, I know it's four colors, which is annoying, but you only really have to worry about the four colors once you get up to seven mana. You know, you kind of have seven turns to find your colors. Because that's the earliest you're able to cast your commander anyway. Yeah. Besides that, everything else in your deck, for the most part, is two colors. Yeah, I'm looking here. You have one three-color card, and that's just for Sephiroth. Um, 
besides that, everything else is two colors. Two yeah. color or one color. So, yeah, I know mana fixing is an issue for your commander, but your commander is so expensive that you should hopefully gone through a dungeon once or twice and have a treasure token if you really need to. That was my thinking. Not just because I hate lands, which I do. That's fair. Yeah, no, and I am running, I mean, I am usually utilizing like all the green ramp. Mm-hmm. So I think... Yeah, yeah, we didn't go through that before. You have Cultivate, Farsea, Kadama's Reach, Rampant Growth, and Three Visits. Yeah, so... You have a lot of ramp. I mean... Because like I, I would like to cast a track at least like once a game. So yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I, and I agree. But like I said, you have seven turns. You have yeah. a lot of ramp, and you have seven turns before you even have to worry about your commander for the most part. Yeah, that's fair. You know, so I, like I said, it doesn't have to be terramorphic expanse. I just picked that one just because I didn't want to mess with your uh, your basic land counts, and it's mm-hmm. easy to remember terramorphic expanse as opposed to one of these random dual lands or. <laughs> You know, yeah, battle fair. bond lands or whatever. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, this one. That's fair. So, uh, and then I have one notable non-cut. Okay. Strange. And I'm very proud of myself for not cutting this card, which is Ellie Wick Tumblestrom, which is a planeswalker. Hell yeah. This one makes it through. Have we cut every planeswalker, I think, in all of our decks? I think. I feel like we cut yes. a lot of them. I think we've cut a lot of planeswalkers because I think both of us have weird opinions on planeswalkers. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. This one I like. I like this. There's one planeswalker in the deck, and I didn't cut it. I, I didn't hit it. it, but I didn't cut it. It's uh, two generic, green and a green. Planeswalker comes with four loyalty. For a plus one, you could venture into the dungeon. So it's already better than that five cost card that let you venture into the dungeon fair uh minus two look at the top six cards of your library you may have to click on this so it's bigger because i am blind uh you may put it into your hand if it's legendary you gain three life put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order which is nice and then at seven for the ultimate you get an emblem with creatures you control have trample and haste and get plus two plus two for each differently named dungeon you've completed so if you get that emblem up there and you complete all three of those dungeons your creatures now get plus six plus six trample they have haste so now when you do your double flicker at the end of one of those moves and you know (laughs) turns and can attack with everything as it comes in it's kind of nice so yeah i felt this was very much so uh yeah, good for the deck. So yeah, I like this one a it lot. It stays in. It, it, I completely miss talking about it when we're talking about my favorite cards. But like, it's a planeswalker that like, it kind of it, it, it seems like one people are just gonna leave alone because like, oh, he's venturing mm-hmm. in a dungeon, whatever. But like, yeah. if it gets to that minus seven, like that's pretty strong when you consider there there's four dungeons you can technically go through, three pretty reliably. The undersea is a little hard to get going sometimes, but. Could, could be could be done. Do you get plus eight? Yeah. Plus eight at some point. Yeah, uh, that's true. If you get the undercity, so yeah, yeah. I, I I think all those changes made. I think now it's a a serviceable deck. A serviceable. Deck. I've fixed it for you, Cody. <laughs> all right. No, it was a it was strong to begin with. Like I said, it was very difficult making cuts just because yeah. it's hard to cut stuff. But I, I think I think I towed the line pretty well. I, I think it came out okay 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 well then what do we think is the golden screw 
of this deck or the golden brew. We've never actually nailed down what we were calling it. I feel like one of us says golden screw and one says golden brew. We change it. We change it. You know, it's kind of hard because we already talk about our favorite cards beforehand. So, yeah. You know, because I, I really like that white plume adventure card still. I really think mm-hmm. that's a, that's just a great card where it, as long as you control one dungeon at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, you untap all your creatures. Yeah. I think that's going to be very helpful and uh, it kind of helps protect a lot of. A lot of your creatures, you know, if you have all these blockers, you don't have to worry about stuff being tapped. So you're still free to attack because you do have to eventually win somehow. So you will be <laughs> attacking with creatures. Um, I, I think I think that's very, very helpful. But besides that, I really like the Rilsa Rail Kingpin card, the one that I added. Mm-hmm. That uh, plus five, plus Sh- oh. Yeah. Death Touch First Strike Menace. That is that's just great. Um, it's you're getting rid of two creatures, you know, that opponent controls. You put this on a stupid little, you know, tiny creature here or an ordinary business person <laughs> and they have life, you know, they have death touch menace and uh first strike there and it's killing two creatures. So yeah. uh, those are my cards. Those are the cards that I really think help to stack out. Okay. How about you? Uh, I got to give a golden screw to Abdel Adrian Gorian's ward. Um, it is a deck that is a card that, like, anytime I drew it and goldfishing it, I was really excited to play. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really awesome. I think my other one would be Soul Harder. Uh, I love the art for it. Like, creepy little skeleton man walking around people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's just a thing I like where it gets bigger, gets plus one, plus one counters, and it's, like, one of my favorite things about magic. So, so yeah. Yeah, it's a great card. Yeah. So it really is. Now comes the question. Yeah. Should we Cody. say... Or go I, I'll ask it okay. because it's your deck, man, so I get to ask it. That's what I've been looking forward to for the past hour and a half. Do you say brew it or do you say screw it? This is a tough one. Because, like, I like the idea of it. Like, I like that, like, this is, like, this, like, Mimi kind of, like, signature deck. I think it's cool. Um... I've actually started thinking about like, okay, because a big complaint I had with Sephiroth was we never know when the dungeon mechanic is going to come back. Mm-hmm. But like I started thinking about it and like they reuse like, they reuse this stuff a lot. I feel like dungeons could come up and like there's like a horror theme set next year. And I feel like they could kind of like work like, oh, you're trapped in this like haunted house. It's a dungeon, quote oh, unquote. You know, horror. Yeah, well, you said, I said whore. Oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> the, the whorehouse uh, expansion. Uh, hey, man, uh, all these weird universe beyond hey. things. Who knows what they're yeah, doing? You never know. Yeah. And so there's universes beyond coming out. So, like, there's ample, like, chances for, like, a dungeon mechanic to be, re- like, rebranded and renamed and stuff and thrown in. And so, like, that, that part doesn't bother me. I think my, like, the biggest thing is just that, while playing this deck, I realized there are just cards that I wanted to play more. And because I do want to make a flicker deck. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think ultimately, I I want to say screw it because. Again? What? I know, Dungeons just can't win with me, apparently. You just can't win. All right. Continue. Um, Sorry. It's cutting you off. From this deck, I think I can pull some stuff. 
And I really want to make an Abdel Adrian Gorian's War deck with a background. Um, I like that card a lot. I think it is very strong. I think mm-hmm. this and like Candlekeep Sage would make a lot of sense because you're you're trying to flicker him. It's a five cost commander versus a seven. You're trying to flicker it. When it enters, it flickers itself. So you're already drawing two cards just by having Candlekeep Sage on the field, which is really good. Um, and I think I, I, I would still keep some of the dungeon stuff because mm-hmm. it is good value. Um, and it, it gets me kind of to that comfort zone of two color. You're just never going to build a dungeon deck, <laughs> are you, Cody? Um, so, yeah. I mean, but like, so I started with Nadar, which was, hey, let's go through dungeons. Let's flicker and go through dungeons. And I kind of, you know, it went from that to Traxa, and I think, but I think ultimately, like where I land, when I land is Abdel and Candlekeep Sage for an Azorius, you know, yes, have that dungeon, but it's mainly just a flicker deck that, you know, has generic white and blue good stuff. Um, well, I honestly think you could take this exact deck that you have now and just, you know, take out the green and the black. Like, I think you can definitely keep the dungeon of, yeah. theme yeah because the majority of these cards are blue and white yes. you know it's just that's a big how thing it I, is i noticed it was like oh hey I, I just really want a blue white flicker and deck yeah it might be worth eh, it might be worth doing it then you know and that deal and uh what'd you say candlelight candle keep, or candle keep yeah yeah or you know even if you want dungeon delver you know as your yeah. background something like that that way you have your Azorius, and you know you might be able to do dungeons. Because the thing, man, if uh, if you keep on making me review these dungeon decks, eventually <laughs> I'm going to build one. That's, a, um, that's the plan. That's the plan. That's the, that's the plan. That's your 4D oh. chess move right there is to get me to to build one because it can work. It yeah. Can work. Yeah. There's, this deck is nothing but synergy right here. Mm-hmm. It's everything works together to complete the goal of going through the dungeons. How do you win once you're going through those dungeons remains to be seen. Yes. But, you know, that's that's my problem. I wanted so badly to build, uh, what was it, the Lulu, the elephant yeah, yeah, deck, yeah. which is a blink deck. Mm-hmm. I wanted to build it, but I was just trying to do research and watching videos, and it just kept coming to the same thing. It's like, well, how do you win in a blink deck? Like, oh, well, you can blink this, 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 and this, and get infinite card draw and all this mana. Like, yeah, yeah, but but then how do you win? Yeah. Oh, you attack. It's like, attack with what? All my 1-4 creatures that allow me to blink cards in? It's like, oh, approach of the second sun. Like, okay, but any deck can do that. You yeah. know, So that's my biggest concern is how do you win one with a flicker deck, blink deck, or two with a dungeon deck? Yeah. It can happen, though, I think, Cody. We're never going to know because you won't build one of these goddamn decks. <laughs> um, I will say, I'm not going to... Usually after some time I delete decks. I'm like, okay, hey, I'm not going to play this thing or not build it, so let me just get rid of it just so I don't have 40 decks sitting on my mox field. Oh, um, that'd be crazy. Yeah, right? Uh, I'm only up to 20, I think, right now. Um, maybe this is a deck I did build one day. But like for right now, it is a screw it. I think I want to try the Azorius route. Um, I still would love to find a spot for a Traxxor Grand Unifier. Um, it is a card that I bought, and I'm like, kind of be cool to have a deck that this works in. Um, but I think right now for the, hey, I want a flicker deck that 
does some dungeon stuff, but also does cool ETB stuff. I think Abdel Adrian is the way I would like to go. So hey, I uh, I think that could definitely work. I would say try to make it a dungeon deck before you make it just a regular blink deck because yeah. I you have all the you have the bones here for it. You know you really do. So yeah, I think you could I think you can make it work. But uh, Scout's Honor. This is the the last time I make Laz review a dungeon deck and then tell him screw it. Oh, we will find Highly different things it. to talk about. Highly doubt it. Uh, but yeah. But hey, let, let me know. Uh, reach out to us on uh, Twitter at Bird or Screw It or Instagram at Bird or Screw It MTG or at email at uh, Bird or Screw It at gmail.com. Let us know, like, am I crazy? Should I build this deck? Did you, did you listen to this and go, no, Cody, you sound like you would really enjoy this. Just just build it. Maybe maybe my mind can be changed. Because I mean, I'll, I'll go wrong. Talking about it and playing it, like, I've enjoyed it. It's just, I think I've kind of realized what I really want is that Azorius Blink deck, so... So yeah, all right. Uh, hey, well, hey, we discussed it, so you you have plenty to go back now and review. I think the cuts and ads uh, will only will only help. Yeah, and uh, I'm trying to think, even to have all the cuts and ads, there's only what three cards that you'll lose out on. You know, two or three cards that you'll lose out on by if you switch to an Azorius dungeon deck. So yeah. Possibility still there. I say just throw it together and try it at least one of the, uh, you know, put it together on Moxfield and we'll do a Moxfield night one night and yeah. and try that because I, I'm I'm curious. I was hoping you were gonna build it <laughs> so that I could see how it worked. Maybe I will. You never know. Mm. I'm crazy mm-hmm. these days. <laughs> I'm playing in all these leagues and stuff, so you uh. never know. But yeah. I, I think that's going to do it for this month's uh, Brewer Screw It. Okay. Any final thoughts, Laz? Uh, no, no, I think I'm good. I'm hoping Lorcana doesn't have any dungeon mechanics because then you're going to make <laughs> me review one of those in two years. So <laughs> Yeah, look forward to uh, family-friendly Brewer Screw It coming from yeah. Lorcana. You have to clean up that potty mouth, mister. Oh, I curse like a sailor, so no. Um <laughs> So yeah, let us reach out to us on social media or an email. Uh, let us know what you think about Atrax's Dungeon Crawls. It's the deck you would build. It's the deck I should build. And I'm crazy for wanting to just go the Azorius route. Um, Can we throw out real quick the alternate name for the deck? Oh, yes. Uh, Laz decided he did not enjoy my name. Uh, so Laz, if you would like to read out your name that you named it. It's the Blink and You Miss It Dungeon Crawl. It's good. It's good. good. It's a good. I don't care. It's a good one. Well, friends, until next time, should we say brew it? Or screw it. It's a screw. It. Oh, that sounds bad. <laughs>